Coming Home Well, a multi-channel network of podcasts geared towards educating, supporting, and advocating for the veteran and veteran caregiver communities. Listen on your favorite platform. New episodes every week. Search for your favorite podcast by name. Coming Home Well, Behind the Service, Beyond the Front Line, Be Crazy Well, and Peace After Combat. Or visit our website at cominghomewell.com. Until all are home and all are well. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Service Podcast. Today is Wednesday, April 20th. And in honor of the month of April being the month of the military child, we invited a military child and now military spouse to join us today. I thought it would be interesting to get her perspective having grown up in a military household and then going on to marry the military. But before we do that, before we jump into the introduction of the guest that's with us today, I just wanted to talk about the month of the military child. And the April 2022 theme of observance is military children and youth standing strong and proud. And to me, that is such a powerful statement of truth because military kids They display such resilience, courage, and strength in so many ways, from their ability to say goodbye to loved ones on a moment's notice with no real time frame in mind all too frequently. They don't even have a concept of that time frame. Their courage to transition schools time and again, to transition friendships and homes at the direction of military orders, and basically to embrace the unknown repeatedly time and time again. Military kids are so unique in their ability to believe in a cause greater than themselves as they support their loved one's service with their life. I know that my kids often told me we didn't have a choice in this lifestyle. We were born into it. This is so very true. Yet time and again, we see military kids endure all the hardships that come with military service with a grace and a courage that's logical years and often puts them head and shoulders above their peers when it comes to understanding world events and the impact that can have directly on their lives. Military kids are not perfect, but their ability to operate under the most unusual of circumstances is truly beyond compare. This is a reason that the dandelion is the flower of representation for military kids as they are courageous enough to bloom and flourish wherever they land. And when you blow Um, the white puff balls of the dandelion, those seeds, when you blow that, they can land anywhere and then repopulate. And that's basically what military kids do. Uh, Military orders come along and they just blow their life and send them wherever the military decides to plant them. And today we have Carolina with us. She is a military child and a military spouse. Hi, everyone. I'm Carolina. And yes, I Grew up as a military child and then married into the military at age 21. And I am now the mother of two beautiful children, ages two and almost four. So you're basically, they're doing what you did. Yes. Yeah. Granted, at this age, they may not remember it, but as they continue to grow, they definitely will. And you have a pretty unusual story because typically uh, military kids 
don't get to go back to, it's not like you go back home, mm-hmm. but in, in your situation, you actually had kids that were born at the hospital that you were born at. Yes. Yeah. So I was born at the Camp Lejeune hospital many moons ago, and I ended up having both my children at the Camp Lejeune hospital as well, which is very unique and also very awesome because when I was growing up, I didn't have those roots connected to where my parents were from. And so as we continue to move around in this military lifestyle, my kids will be able to look back one day and be like, wow, even though we were military, we were born at the same hospital that my mom was born at. And so that's pretty cool to think about. That is, it's unique. That doesn't happen. I think that's one of the things that when we talk about behind the service and when we talk about taking care of those who support and care for the individuals that serve, one of those key components one of those um, silent support systems is that family unit. Mm -hmm. And it's those kids. Yes. They transition and and they sacrifice. And while they may not put that uniform on, we often say traumatic experiences don't happen in a bubble. Mm -hmm. They impact everyone that has a traumatic event. And I genuinely believe that goes right down to the smallest member of the household. When we're speaking about supporting those that are behind the service. I believe that it's really important to be aware of the needs of those military kids and how the military lifestyle impacts them, how combat service can impact their life story as well. Yeah, most definitely. I would say that in a way it's helped me growing up as a military child, especially throughout the war in Iraq and Afghanistan with my dad being deployed often it prepared me in a way to then marry into the military and also have my husband deploy to Afghanistan and come back from that. There was a different aspect of understanding. And while I wasn't fully aware, obviously, as a child of everything that goes into trauma and PTSD, you just see looking in from the outside, it still impacts you. And so then when you marry into that, it's not something that is brand new, but it's just a whole different take on it. It's very different being the kid versus being the spouse. Oh, for sure. The lens is different and the experience is different. And now you've actually had that firsthand experience wearing two different hats. Yeah. Can you share with us any lessons learned? Do you mean lessons as a military child or lessons as a military spouse? Or both. Both. As a military child growing up, that's tough. Because it feels recent, but also so far away. So thinking back on it, it kind of like the rear view mirror where it says objects in the rear view mirror closer than they seem. Um, I think a lot of the lessons growing up that I probably learned as a child is resiliency. I think being resilient in a lot of life's situations. I feel like it's helped me into being adult, going with the flow more often, and also just being patient. I also think that it has helped me in my, in regards to marriage, you see these sometimes hopeless situations in the military growing up. And especially in the time as 9-11, you see a lot of just pain and war. And then there was just skyrocketing divorce rates in our military community. A lot of families did not come home from those combat situations and navigate that journey successfully. And I also don't think that there was enough resources at that time to be able to help those people coming home. It was very, don't talk about it, but thing. 
because people didn't want it to impact their career. They didn't want to come off as being seen as weak. They didn't want to be a burden to anybody. And so growing up and seeing that, but seeing my father take the steps to do better to get the help that he needed with my mom's encouragement to see them fight for their marriage and restoration happen. It impacted me. And when I was going through my hard times in my marriage, I was able to have faith that, Hey, this isn't always going to be this way. We need to deal with this. We need to take the steps to better ourselves and deal with our traumas and acknowledge them and try to heal from them together as a team. So that way we're able to move forward. And I feel like a lot of times we're quick to just be like, I don't deserve this. I don't understand this. I can't get help. I don't need help. I don't want you to love me from the military side. No, I'm fine. And we drown ourselves in whatever is near. And the spouse is left feeling like, I don't know how to deal with this. There's not always the resources. And so it it left me looking for resources like Reboot and those sorts of things. My childhood experience helped me to go further in my marriage when things got hard. Okay. So navigating, even as a kid, not fully understanding everything that was going on with your parents, you still were able to kind of sideline witness their navigation. Yeah. And then that gave you just some hope and some encouragement when you were doing it firsthand. Yes. I think that's encouraging for other people to hear, because I know one of the things that I've heard as a military spouse And then now having adult military related kids, individuals have said to me, oh my goodness, I hope this military life that we're living isn't going to ruin my kid's life. I hope I'm not messing up my kid's life. And I always throw out my oldest three, they all chose it for themselves. (laughs) So it can't be that bad. I think we love, you know what I mean? We love God. We love our country. We love our families and we see it as needed sacrifice. If that makes sense, it's something that we love. And when you obviously, I didn't go into dating my husband being like, woohoo, marrying into the military. The deal when I was 16, I was like, I'm not marrying a Marine. I'm getting the heck out of here. I'm going to go find anything else but Marine. And then they come along and you're like, I can't date anything other than a Marine because nobody else compares. And so you find yourself falling in love with them and it's okay. This is a life that I'm going to live. This is a life I'm going to choose. And it's not an easy one. And the separation is hard, but I think also it's a needed one, obviously. So when we're talking resilience and even talking separation, do you think having the experience of your dad being gone for periods of time, being deployed, better equipped you when it came time for separation? I think watching my mom better equipped me more than my dad leaving. I don't think necessarily as a child, you fully understand the concept of your spouse leaving, obviously, and it just being a one spouse household while the other person is off doing who knows what, and you're talking to them whenever you're able to, but you don't really know what's going on. I don't think that concept really stuck with me as a kid. Yes, I missed my dad. Yes, we wrote letters. Yes, I knew he was in danger, but I think what equipped me more so is the my, watching my mom do it and the women, the military spouses and watching them do it. I think that is what impacted me more than anything, because they're the ones that are going to be able to teach you how to live this lifestyle and live it 
in a grateful manner, not one in bitterness all the time, because this lifestyle can cause a lot of bitterness inside of us. Oftentimes when we're left to run the home front all by ourselves with hardly any contact from our spouses, it can cause a lot of frustration and bitterness if you don't have the right people around you, helping you and building you up and you just have constant negativity in your ear. So. And that's a really good point. Who surrounds you really Mm -hmm. has a huge impact. I think that's one of the reasons we're wanting to do this podcast, just because we really, the community coming home well and the community with behind the service, we really want to speak those words of encouragement to those individuals who have served, who are serving, and then the support system that stands with those individuals. They're in a place of retirement or a medical discharge, or they're still on active service. We want to speak those words of encouragement and hope to them and share as many resources with them as possible that might benefit them as they navigate life's journey. You mentioned reboot. My understanding is you actually went through um, reboot combat recovery as a military spouse, but also having been that military kid. Yes. So I think military kids are not hidden from the trauma that their parents go through. They go through it with them firsthand. It affects them. Like you previously said, trauma doesn't happen in a bubble. It does impact every single person. I remember there's a whole year of my childhood that my dad does not remember. I was probably in middle school and it's just totally blanked out. He just doesn't remember any of it because he was going through his own issues with PTSD And I remember their marriage and the arguments that would happen and all kinds of different things. And so I went through reboot combat recovery. I went through that talking about those things, but also talking about, you know, as a spouse, the different things I've gone through with my husband. And if I went, I think I went through twice, maybe two or three times. The first time I just went through just to go through it, to experience it, to make those connections. The second time I went through as an internship to help and be more involved as I finished up my degree. And that time I feel like I was a little bit more open, maybe a little bit more forthcoming. And a lot of those people in Reboot who I still have relationship with now didn't really think about the aspect of their children and how their decision-making and the things that they're doing could impact them as well. And how children also need help going through these situations with their parents, just the same as parents, parents go off to counseling, but what about the kids? You know what I mean? They're left to just deal with these big emotions and these feelings that they have. And some parents are really aware of that and some aren't. And so I think we need to also be aware that children need resources just like parents do. I absolutely agree with that. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. I had a whole nother topic in mind, but then it just hit me in the head. I'm like, wait a minute, April is the month of the military child and our military kids, they serve and often they get overlooked in that service because we, as we should become very focused on um, the restoration and the commitment of healing to that service member and then to the spouse, but it trickles down, hurt trickles down, but healing can trickle down. We got to heal the whole family. And a lot of times um, kids can get overlooked in that process Mm -hmm. And parents don't mean harm in that. They don't. But when you're struggling to swim and you're struggling to keep your head above water, you don't necessarily have the resources to reach out and rescue someone else as well. You inadvertently, unintentionally can pull them down with you. And I think that's what happens in a lot of families that are impacted by traumatic events and combat service and just 
stress in general. And so it's a really important topic to shine a light on. Right. And it just seemed like the opportune moment. <laughs> yeah. No, I think kids can oftentimes become very resentful. Just as bitterness grows up in the military spouse, I think bitterness can grow up in a military child just the same. It's just, I feel like on a more almost extensive level because kids don't necessarily, teens, they don't necessarily know how to regulate all of their emotions the way that we sometimes do as adults. And in that aspect, it can be a little bit more difficult and restoring those relationships when the parent comes home is going to be really important. Agreed. I think that's a very significant point. If we as adults don't have the words and the language to express what we're feeling, what we're thinking, our fears, our anxieties, or our insecurities, how much more so might the young people in our lives And typically the young people who are in these military households, they have even less information and less understanding of what's going on. They don't always know why the dynamic in the household has changed or why mom and dad appear to be operating under a heightened level of stress or what exactly has happened. Why has their personality changed? Why has the mindset changed? Why has the communication changed? Why even has the ability to interact and engage changed? I know my husband went through a season where he was not comfortable going to sporting events and he was not comfortable going to fireworks shows and different things like that. And that didn't just impact him. It impacted everybody because that then created a restriction on his engagement with the kids' activities. But in that moment, it never crossed my mind to explain to the kids what was going on. Yeah. So I feel like my faith helped me stay balanced a lot. Uh, My church community, definitely. I feel like if I didn't have them, I probably would have been way more resentful um, and frustrated, but they were able to pour into me in a way that in that season of life, my parents might not have been able to, which I think is so necessary. I think kids do need to be involved in communities that can do that, that can pour into them and keep them stable and keep them looking on the positive things, looking outwardly instead of just inwardly at themselves. And that helps them as they continue to grow into adulthood. And so I think that's really important, but I will say it's funny that my bitterness wasn't always taken out on the service member. It was oftentimes taken out on my mom instead of the service member, because I understood the service members pain and frustration, but I didn't understand my mom's pain and frustration until I became her. And then it was like, Oh shoot, I misread that whole situation completely. And it came back to bite me in a way. And so it's definitely interesting that we need to pay attention to that because as moms, we are so hard on ourselves and we, and we, don't give ourselves a lot of grace. And then our children are coming at us because we're easiest to attack and we just don't understand why. And oftentimes our kids don't realize in the moment, everything that the you know parent is going through. So I think that's a really interesting point. And I hope that our listeners hear that if your kids are coming at you and you feel like you're getting a double whammy, because not only are you um, struggling to support your service member, but you're struggling to support your family and your loved ones as a whole. It's hard to attack the individual that has been traumatized directly. It's hard to attack that person that has served 
And it's almost instinctive to give them grace in their service. And we forget to give grace to those that are standing with those in service. Right. Whether it be the spouse, whether it be the parents, or whether it's those kids as well. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good, that's a really good thing to remember for all of us in this military community to give grace because we don't know what's going on in the heart and mind of each individual, but we know we're all walking this journey together, hopefully together in community with one another, hopefully supporting one another. That's the goal. Do you find now that you're an adult and you're a military spouse, are you more inclined to reach out and make connections and be in community because you remember the support that you had as a kid from your community relations or is it harder? I would say that I do. I think in the beginning, it was definitely hard. I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert. And so just getting over that aspect of it is difficult. But when I'm able to establish those relationships, then I'm much more eager to reach out. I have a really great church community here. I reached out to my neighbors. Most of them are military spouses. And so we rally around each other when our husbands are gone and in support. And I think that is so amazing and so important to have because I've been the military spouse that hasn't had any support and how isolated and alone I felt. But now I feel like I am able to reach out to my neighbors if I need something and I know that they're going to be there instead of always having to like reach out to a family member. So I think that's important. It is. That's valuable. You said something earlier that you felt like when you were a child, maybe there was more of a stigma for your dad in terms of reaching out and getting help and finding resources. One of the things that I still hear frequently is that there's a stigma associated with seeking help. Do you think that has changed? I think it's changed some. I think that at the beginning of my marriage, my husband was very hesitant to reach out and get help. But now that he has reached out and get help after the last couple of years, people have responded in grace and affirmation like, yes, like this is important. Please take care of yourself and your family. But I also think it all comes down to who the unit is and the leadership. I think it comes down to the military leadership and how they're responding to Marines or whatever service you're in, getting the help that they need. Are they willing to let their military person do that to take time to be able to take care of himself and his family first? Because if they're not taking care of themselves and their family, they're not going to be able to take care of their jobs the way that they need to. And they're not going to be able to keep themselves safe or their other service members safe. In your military community, is mental health awareness a topic of conversation? In my community, it is because I bring it up a lot. But that's good uh, because somebody has to start that conversation. I think that's important. Yeah. It doesn't need to be the elephant in the room that no one's talking about, whether it's ourselves, mm-hmm. our spouses, or our kids. It should, that's good. Mm-hmm. So you've learned to be that spokesperson, for lack of a better phrase, right. but that voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Just because I've seen the struggle firsthand on so many different levels. And so, I am very quick to be like, Hey, like you want to talk about this? Hey, like you should reach out or I'll nudge my husband and be like, Hey, like 
you want to make a new friend where this person seems like they could use a friend. And even if it's just not being like, Hey, here's this card for this mental health. Sometimes it just matters, like making the effort just to be their friend and give them someone to talk to who might understand. And I feel like a lot of people in the military and even military spouses feel like nobody's going to understand. Nobody really talks about it. Nobody's necessarily as vulnerable as we should be about the inside struggles of military life. And so when we open that door of vulnerability, the other, maybe not right away, will open that door of vulnerability back to you. And it creates a relationship and a friendship and healing can start to begin even through that. I absolutely agree with that. I do. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience? Any parting words that you would like to leave them with? If you are a military spouse and you are listening to this and you have children, I just want you to know you're doing a good job. Your children don't hate you. They love you. And this life is not an easy one, but I am glad you chose it. And I will be praying that you continue to love your children the way that you know how, but also love yourself and your spouse as well. And I am cheering for you. Thank you, Carolina. We appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you for your service. And we appreciate you being here with us today. Again, April is the month of the military child, and we just wanted to acknowledge that and celebrate that today on Behind the Service podcast. We'll talk to you again soon. 